Philippians 1, 6. And I am sure of this, that he who began a good work in you will bring it to completion at the day of Jesus Christ. And Psalm 1, verse 2. He who delights in the law of Yahweh and who meditates on his law day and night is like a tree planted by streams of water that yields its fruit in its season and its leaf does not wither. I want to tell you a story tonight about a leaf named Gala. And we're going to title this story, A New Leaf. We like leaves. We call these pages in our Bibles leaves. And we like to turn over a new leaf when we need a new beginning. Well, there was once a beginning. And with a single word, light radiated like ripples from water, and it peeled the darkness back, exposing beneath it the deep waters. And then these deep waters began to tremble. They began to quake. They began to splash for a huge blast had come to separate these waters from one another. And in the peeling back of the waters was seen dry land. And they began to quake and tremble as they, this land began to rise and knife up through the water. And some parts of the land reached higher and some lower, resulting in mountains, hills, valleys, and plateaus. And then across this beautiful brown landscape that was sweating the water off of it and allowing it to pool into rivers and lakes and even into seas, it broke out as if it were in green hives, green spreading like a contagion across the brown plant life. And then it blushed the different colors of the rainbow upon the green contagion and then as if to show this off a great light shone and then another light for the night and then stars to give direction and time and to put all of this within rhythm and to orient it into order and then the sky was filled with birds winged creatures that squawked and that flew and that darted and then the waters were filled with fish that swarm and swam and flipped about. Some very big, big enough to eat a man. Some very little, enough to eat in one swallow. And then out of the earth sprung animals. Some roared with vicious teeth. Some ran as if they were shy of even the air. 
Some had great antlers, some had long hair, and some just slithered around with scales. And then finally, of the residue of the dirt, the creator took it, formed it, breathed upon it, and created humans. The chief of which he named Adam and Eve. And they were taken high up onto a mountain, the center mountain of all of this. And there were, as they went up, some nice marble staircases. And on the side, on each side of this mountain, the four sides, there was a staircase. And coming down the mountain on each side was a river cascading down its gentle slope. And the creator took Adam and Eve to the top and showed them everything he was handing over to them to rule over. And then he said, I have one more gift for you. And he turned them around and showed them two trees. Now here on the west side of the mountain, he tells Adam and Eve, is the tree of life. Eat of this anytime you want. We will do business here. I will show you how to rule this place. Eat of this and you and I will have a connection together. You see over there, across from this river of life, on the east side of the mountain, there's another tree over there. Don't eat of it ever or you will die. Little did Adam and Eve know that in this living tree was a leaf named Gala. And she watched over these two humans and was delighted to see them work with the creator over the creation. Now, what you didn't know about the tree of life was that, yes, it did give you life, but it was also a tree that was alive. It came from the creator after all. And the leaves of this tree were no ordinary leaves. They were leaves that could move, that could detach themselves and flutter off of the tree and explore the creation, seeking who needs help or who needs the creator and reminding them he's on the mountain, come to him. And this tree would at times be so busy with leaves being the king's messenger, the creator's messengers, that it would look as if it was made of butterflies coming and going as they will. And Gala took it a try, and she detached herself from the tree, and whoosh, God's spirit, his wind, took her, and she fluttered around and saw the amazing sights of the kingdom. And then, sure enough, she came back and reattached herself to the tree. Well, there was a day when Adam and Eve seemed to be in a heated discussion with one another. And Gala leaned down a little bit to listen in. And then she noticed with horror that they were crossing over the river of life to go to that other tree. And Gala thought, no, this cannot be. And so Gala detaches herself from the tree and she floats on over. And she tries to get Adam and Eve's attention. And she swirls around their head and begins to try to urge them back to the other tree. But it was too late. They didn't want to listen. Adam swatted at Gala. And they ate from the forbidden tree. 
And soon everything darkened and the mountain shook and Adam and Eve realized we have to get out of here quick. And they fled and Gala raced after them, deciding that if someone was to ever remind them of where their creator is, I can do it. I can tell them that he will forgive them and it's okay. So Gala left the tree of life forever to follow Adam and Eve. And she just at the last minute attached herself to the shoulder of Eve as they left Eden forever. It was some time later that Eve noticed, oh, Gala. <laughs> and she recognized, you were from the, from the tree of life. And Eve treasured it because it reminded her of what they had lost. It reminded her that there is a better way in the world we're going to follow God's way. And of course, Adam and Eve had a son, and they named him Cain. And Eve would dangle Gala over Cain's little nose, but Cain never liked it and kept swatting it away. And Eve would always smile and look at her husband and say, you know where he got that. And Cain got older and seemed very disinterested in mom's little leaf, her pet leaf. But soon Eve had another son, Abel. And when she would dangle the little leaf gala over his nose, Abel would laugh. And Abel, as he grew, became attached to the leaf. And the leaf gala became attached to Abel. And she would sit on his shoulder as he would watch the sheep out in the fields. And Abel would always look at Gala and wonder, what was it like? What did my parents have in Eden? I want to follow God's way. I want to return to that home someday. And Gala saw what Abel did not see coming. And she wished she could have cried out and saved him, but she could not stop the axe that came down upon him. And the murderous Cain who gloated over his bleeding brother, And in his limp hand, Gala flew away in the wind. And she flew for some time, and then soon she attached herself to another tree and thought, I just need to find home now. The humans are helpless. So she attaches herself to a tree, but then she hears some chopping And the tree she's attached to begins to fall. And she realizes, I must leave. And she leaves the tree. And then she looks down and sees Cain. And all of his sons are chopping down all of the forests. The murderers. The dad chops down his brother. And the sons chop down Gala's brothers. And Gala realizes this human race is destroying everything. And she keeps on floating and she keeps on floating and the wind begins to speed up and it speeds up and then the sky gets black and it gets dark and she begins to get whipped around violently for a huge storm had come and she was whipped around so hard that she lost consciousness and fluttered down and landed face down into a great, enormous sea of water. But when Gala opened her eyes, she realized this is not just water. It's water of death. There's blood in this water. 
And Gala looked up and realized the water and the blood and the death went as far as the eye could see. But right as she was about to despair and say, the humans are lost. Adam and Eve have produced a race of monsters. The entire creation is lost. Right as she was about to give up hope, she saw floating right next to her was an olive branch, and it was green. And Gala said, there's hope. And so she shimmied on over in the water, and she attached herself to this olive branch. And just then, a dove swoops down and plucks this olive branch and flies Gala over to an enormous boat. And there the dove brings her in, and she is set before an old man who picks up the olive branch and sees the strange leaf clinging to it. And the old man began to weep and cry and sob. And his sons came around him and said, it's okay, dad, it's okay. And he just kept weeping. There's hope. There's hope. Everything we've done was for, wasn't for nothing. And then the old man clung to Gala as a reminder of hope as they left this big ark and they began to step on the soft sponge of new earth. And there they began to make a new home. And they followed God this time, their creator. And Gala was so happy. She thought, I think I finally found my tree. This old man is the tree I've been looking for. But soon... The old man got more occupied with his vines than he did with Gala. And she was neglected as night after night, the old man began to drink more and more of the wine until he was passed out in his tent naked one day. And when he woke up and found out that one of his sons had taken a photograph of his nudity, he cursed and bellowed. And in the curse and bellow, Gala was flown through the air again. And she tumbled in the wilderness of the world, looking for her tree, looking for some sort of life. Looking, She was starting to get thirsty, desperately thirsty as she tumbled through the wilderness. And then, almost as if by mistake, she runs into a bush. It's one of the only bushes around. It's so arid and dry out there. And she attaches herself to it and instantly feels life reinvigorating her veins. And then she notices someone who reminded her of her first friend, the first tree she clung to, reminded her of that boy Abel who shepherded sheep. For there was another boy who was, well, not quite a boy. He had a full-grown beard, but he was shepherding sheep nonetheless. And she thought, oh, I like that type of person. He looks like a good person. And then she noticed he began to come her way. And then she looked around and noticed, wait a minute, I'm on fire. Why am I on fire? But, whoa, it feels good. I'm not burning. I feel alive. I feel more alive than I've ever felt before. And this nice young, this nice bearded old whatever shepherd comes and looks at the bush and is amazed. And then Gala is amazed to hear the voice she hadn't heard since she was created. Moses, Moses, that's my creator, that's my creator. 
And she hears of Moses being sent to the Egyptians. And Galeth thinks, please, please let me go with you. Let me go with you. You are the way of God. And so Moses, after he receives his commission, he reaches and the bush begin, stops burning. Moses is like me and curious. And he's like, what in the world has happened? And tries to touch it. It's not hot. I need a token to remember this. And he grabs the first leaf near him. And it's Gala. And he puts her in his pocket. But poor Gala, she has to witness the hard-heartedness of humanity as this mean king continues to say, no, no, no. And then creation goes awry in this kingdom. And then finally, the king loses his son and says, fine, you may go. And she's in his pocket. When Moses parts the Red Sea and the gust of air that parted the sea was so strong that Gala was ripped out of his pocket and flew through the air and marveled as she watched these thousands and hundreds of thousands of people crossing the Red Sea and then the Egyptians being drowned behind them. And then she floats on down and lands right into the hair of Moses' sister Miriam. And as soon as Gala touches her, she gets inspired to begin dancing and singing and leads the entire people of Israel into their first worship service. And they were so enthusiastic that Gala was flipped into the air and then she was blown all the way across the desert and she landed in this beautiful, beautiful land. And she noticed it was abundant. It was like the land she had left, Eden. It reminded her of it. And it was flowing with milk and honey. And she decided, this is my tree. And she goes into the valley, which will later be called the Valley of Hinnom, and attaches herself to a tree right there and says, oh, that feels good. She says hi to the neighboring leaves and nods off and falls asleep. And she sleeps for a long time. And finally, she hears a commotion beneath her. And she, the way leaves do, yawns and stretches and opens her eyes and realizes, whoa, things have changed around here. The land flowing with milk and honey now has towns and cities and there's a king here. But it horrifies her what she sees. For there is a king bringing children into this grove of trees and there they are being offered to a statue, burned to a statue. And Gala cannot believe the horror she beholds. And she detaches once again and finds finally a nice fig tree where she can rest in peace and clings to it and feels good and once again can fall asleep. But not for long. For soon, she was visited frequently by a Jew who would sit right underneath the tree. And in time, as she witnessed him coming and going day after day, he was reading a strange-looking... What do humans call those things? It's made out of plants, but they stare at it as if it was interesting. And then she heard another human come and say, Hey, Nathaniel, what are you reading? Oh, reading. And Nathaniel says, I'm reading scripture. 
I'm trying to understand the ways of God because everything's a mess and I just don't feel at home here. And Gala suddenly peaked with interest and curiosity. He's a lost leaf too. I get this guy. And so she detaches herself and lands right on the back of his shawl where Nathaniel never notices. And the friend keeps talking to Nathaniel. You know, we found the Messiah. What? Nathaniel stands up. The Messiah? Where? Take me to him. Yeah, he's all the way over in Nazareth. Oh, says Nathaniel. Nazareth? Can anything good come from Nazareth? It's like saying Barstow, okay? But Nathaniel, you must come. So Nathaniel goes. And Nathaniel there sees Jesus, who's impressed. And Gala looks right over his shoulder and creeps over and sees. Oh, look at that guy. He reminds me of Abel. He reminds me of Moses. He reminds me of those shepherd people. Look at him. He looks like a living tree, something I want to be attached to. And there, this guy that Gala is attracted to says to Nathaniel, Oh, I, I saw you, Nathaniel, before we met, sitting underneath the fig tree. And Nathaniel says, oh, you are the Messiah. And Gala takes note and says, that's him. That's the tree I've been looking for. And so, Nathaniel and Gala follow the Messiah around. And she sees him taking water and turning it into wine. And she says, this is him. This is him, indeed. And then he marches on into Jerusalem, and she sees this chaos of people and noise. And this is how the people try to worship the creator? I don't get it. But apparently her tree didn't get it either, because he went nuts. And he started flipping tables over, and he made a whip, and he began driving people out. And Gala said, yeah, yeah, yeah. But in the commotion, Gala was lost She was detached, and she was fluttering through the air, and she could feel the winds of tension and conflict just building in the air, and she realized, my tree's in trouble, and then she finally landed in a sycamore tree. And then she felt rather annoyed because a hand suddenly smashed her into a branch. Ow, dude! Whoa, you're short. (laughs) And there she heard a voice. Zacchaeus, come down. And she thought, what? (gasps) That's the voice of my tree. He's back. He's okay. And Zacchaeus drops down. And as he does, Gala's ripped off because he was, she was in his hand. And Gala's fluttered through the air. And she says, no. And the wind took her again. And this time she detached, she attached herself to a fig tree. And there she waited with hope. And then one day, she was rewarded for her waiting. For she saw somebody coming to the fig tree. And she recognized the face. My tree, my tree's here. And this time, Jesus looks at the fig tree and he sees Gala. Ah, don't bother this fig tree, gentlemen. There are no figs in it. May you never grow again. And he marches on. But before he does, he grabs Gala and puts her in his pocket. And as he goes, the tree withers 
And the disciples are like, oh, did you see what he just did? And Gala said, did you see what he just did? He saved me. He plucked me. He chose me. And Gala rested in the pocket of Jesus as the religious leaders interrogate him on the temple mount. And he has to, he has to ask for a coin. And, and everyone goes, ooh, ah, oh, when he says, so whose face is on this coin? And then she hears Jesus breaking bread and drinking wine and sharing these weird words with his friends that he's going to die. And then soon enough, she feels herself being beaten around as her tree is now being bruised and slapped and pushed and beaten. And his robe is ripped off of him. And she feels the detachment and her life. It feels like it's going from her and she mourns it. And then she has to peek out of the pocket and notices, my tree, what have they done to my tree? For there he was hanging on a dead tree, crucified. And then the soldiers grabbed the cloak and ripped it into pieces, and she was set free. And the winds of sorrow took her, and she gave up hope on humanity. Why do they seem to kill every good tree? There's no hope. This place is barren. It's a wilderness. Everything withers. And she wandered in through the world, just coasting through the breeze, being carried by the Spirit of God as of times of old. And finally, the wind ran out of breath, and she floated down into an enormous city. And noticed a little candle glowing from one of the windows and aimed her little nose toward that window and fluttered in and landed right upon a desk. Wait, I've seen this before, she thinks. This is, what did they say to Nathaniel? This is reading. She lands on a scroll. And she looks at the words and notices... I don't know if she can read or not, but in the story she notices Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ to the church in Ephesus. And she then hears a young man seat himself at this desk and he picks Gala up and says, all right, Master Saul or Master Paul, where were we? And then she realizes, and can't help but giggle, that she is being used as a quill. And this young man dips her in ink, and she has to hold her breath. And then he begins to scratch on the paper. And she did not leave this room for a couple years. Nothing delighted her more than to be part of the writing of these amazing words that were filling her with the life that she had yearned for and that she had missed. And she felt herself being scratched and etched. And, and suddenly she felt these words go through her. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in Christ with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places, even as he has chosen us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and blemish in love he predestined us. And it keeps going. And over the weeks and the months, she heard more passages like, and you were dead in trespasses and sins, but God, who was rich in love and mercy, 
rescued you and raised you up and gave you life. And then she ran into passages. She, she felt passages flow for, through her like, and I am sure of this, that he who began a good work in you will bring it to completion at the day of Jesus Christ. And then she felt flow through her, have this mind among yourselves, which is yours in Christ Jesus, who though he was in the form of God, did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped, but made himself nothing, taking the form of a servant and being born in the likeness of men. And she thought, wait a minute. He wasn't just a tree. He was like the leaf. He left his own tree to come and be trampled by us. But then in the heyday of all this joy of being used to write scripture, suddenly, as always happens, why do the good trees always get cut down. Guards came and took the man they called Paul and bound him. And she flew out the window trying to get a better look at where he's going, but she lost sight as he was taken into the execution room. Once again, Gala's poor little heart was broken and she mourned and she spiraled into a a deep spin of depression and landed in the mud. And then she felt the earthquake and she heard the galloping of hooves, angry hooves being driven like a madman. And she looked up just in time to see a white horse with a rider who's conquering the world sitting on it. And one hoof smashes her into the dirt. And then she looks up again to see a red horse with an evil sword drawn by its rider. And she's smashed into the ground again. And she looks up again to see a black horse. And he's holding pestilence and diseases and death in his hands. And she gets smashed back down again. And then she looks and four horses ride over her and smash her into the dirt. And that's when she knew it's the end. Evil has overtaken the world. And my job to try to bring Eve back to the creator, back to the living tree, has utterly failed. So she crawled her way out of the mud and plopped down right at the foot of a tree and thought, this is where I die. This is where I wither. This is where I fade. But then she noticed that the foot of this tree wiggled. Those are toes. Oh, that kind of tree, she thought. And she looked up and noticed that on the foot of this tree was an ugly, gashing scar. And then she felt a hand uh, come down and she saw it was it was the right hand and it also had this ugly scar on it and it touched her on the back and picked her up and said do not be afraid little leaf and she recognized the voice oh, it's my tree the living tree and and the voice said do not be afraid i am the first and the last I am the living one. I died, but behold, I am alive forevermore. And she suddenly felt filled with life again. And Jesus takes her 
and walks her up to the new Jerusalem. And she notices the stairs are much like the ones that Adam and Eve once walked up. And she noticed a river coming down along the side. And she was taken into the city. And he took her over to the court, which was raised a little higher. And then to the throne itself. And there was the tree. The tree she left in Eden. It is the tree of life. And Jesus takes her and says, here you go, little Gala. And attaches her to the tree and there she becomes radiant as she once was glowing as if made with leafy gold and jesus then speaks to gala and all the other leaves whom she had missed she didn't think she'd ever see any of them again and she's hey bob hey sal hey gala and then jesus says you are for the healing of the nations please go forth and bring them and heal them. And Gala did. And she lived happily ever after. As I said before, there are two passages. I am sure of this. This is Philippians 1.6. That he who began a good work in you will bring it to completion at the day of Jesus Christ. He will bring it to completion. It may not happen in 2020. I sometimes wish the mess of me would be finally tied up and brought together. As they say, that I get my act together. Maybe that's 2020. But you know what the Bible says? The day of Christ Jesus. His day. He will bring it to completion on his day. Gala went through a lot of disappointment. But it all was leading to that day. Also, Psalm 1, that when we meditate on God's word, we are like a tree planted by streams of water that yields its fruit in its season and its leaf does not wither. We lost the tree of life in Eden only to regain it again in the new Jerusalem when that day comes. Because Jesus was willing to become a tree of death so that we can find the tree of life again. We are gala. We are like leaves, and we are blown by the winds of life. And we're on a search for that which can fulfill us Something that can never live up to what God originally gave us when he made us in his image in Eden, our birthplace. And so we're going to go around and some of us are going to settle for the mud. Some of us are going to settle for being flipped around in the wind. But some of us will attach to the way of God and we will find little bursts of life. We will be used by him. But we must not give up until... He completes his work in us. So as long as we're with God and in his word and meditating and rooting ourselves in him, in Jesus, our now tree of life, as long as we're with him, we shall not wither. Come what may, we may be blown around and go through age after age all over the world, but we will not wither. And you're here tonight. You may feel like you're withered. 
That's why we need Christ. And that's why we need to come to him weekly at least to take his communion, to hear his scriptures, to sing our praises and surrender to him, to pray out and cry out to him because we need to be connected to the tree of life lest we wither. And as long as we keep, as long as we remain faithful to him, we like Gala will reach his complete work in us. So may 2020 be that year in which we continue our lifelong pursuit of our tree, Jesus, the Christ, the Messiah, the King of kings and Lord of lords, until he takes us to that very tree to eat from in the New Jerusalem where we will find healing. Our Father, our God of glory,